now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Thursday edition, breaking down week 14 in the NFL. The playoff picture is an absolute mess in the AFC, but it is starting to come into shape. The Patriots are on the road at Miami this week, which is always a difficult game, no matter how you slice it or what the records are. So a lot to get to today. So I better skip ahead to the pleasantries. Rich, quick, how's it going? Let's get to it. Oh, I'm doing so well. Tonight we get to watch... The Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Tennessee Titans. Oh, how exciting. How (laughs) wonderful, Alec. Oh, man. It is the final quarter of the 2018 regular season. My mind is blown at how quickly this year has passed by. We are in the home stretch. There aren't too many exciting games this week. Uh, We can break down what's taking place. There's a few, um, but none more exciting in my mind than the three and nine Jets on the road against the four and eight Buffalo Bills. Is that is that right? Am I reading this prompter correctly, Alec? Is is this game mean anything at all? I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. I always like Jets and Bills, and I feel like Jets and Bills late in the season is always they're they're both their seasons are over by that point, so it's kind of a pride thing. The Jets want to see if Sam Darnold – I don't know if they're going to play Sam Darnold or not. Josh Allen almost pulling against the Dolphins. I think this is a kind of a, a toilet bowl. This is always <laughs> the AFC East thing. It's like which of the crappy teams are going to get a better draft pick. They're probably – fans are probably both rooting for their team to lose. It's going to be a uh, – yeah, you're right, man. This is, a, this is a lousy, lousy slate of games this weekend. I, other than the – I guess the Ravens-Chiefs could be good. Uh, Steelers-Raiders. There's a couple of good games in the NFC, I guess. Rams-Bears. Got Vikings, Seahawks. I'll take that. Yeah, Vikings, Seahawks. That'll be a good game. But overall, I guess it's kind of crazy that Patriots at Dolphins is one of the more intriguing matchups of the week. Yeah, absolutely. We'll break that down later on. Uh, There's two games, or I guess maybe we can say there are three games in the AFC that I would say actually are of import to the Patriots and the playoff picture. Uh, I would assume that the Raiders are going to lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers at their 425 game on Sunday. So I'm not really too interested in breaking down that game uh, unless the Raiders upset them, in which case I will be thrilled to talk about it next week. Uh, <laughs> but the three games of real note are the six and six Colts on the road against the nine and three Texans, the seven and five Ravens on the road against the 10 and two chiefs, and then the hapless Bengals at five and seven on the road against the nine and three chargers. These are the three teams that are really going to be jockeying with the Patriots for a potential bye week in the division of those three games, you know, Texans, Chiefs, Chargers, who has the best or biggest chance of losing and giving the Patriots some space atop the the AFC? Uh, it is both the team I'm hope it's amazing. I'm I'm rooting for the Baltimore Ravens this week, Rich, which is very weird. I think the Chiefs are vulnerable right now. There's obviously the Kareem Hunt nonsense, which I don't want to get into because it's just really embarrassing for the league. Um, but the Chiefs really relied on Kareem Hunt. He was a major weapon in that offense. The Ravens are surging right now. They found kind of a stride, I guess, with their young rookie quarterback and their defense is rounding into shape. It's at Kansas City, so that's going to be a very tough get for the Ravens. But of the matchup you just described, I think the Ravens are the most talented team, and they have a lot to lose because they are the sixth seed right now with a lot of teams breathing down their neck. 
Oh, that's a good choice. I mean, this Ravens team, I don't even know what to think of them. They have one of the best defenses in the entire league. Their offense has been up and down. So I don't know if they can go into Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who have just been unreal. Patrick Mahomes, 40 passing touchdowns on the season. Probably not going to beat the Peyton Manning's record of 55 touchdown passes, but very, very real chance that he will surpass 50, which is, you know, incredible for his first real year as a starter. For me, I think that the the most likely upset will be the Colts on the road against the Houston Texans. I think that the Texans are a better team. The Colts got embarrassed by the Jaguars last week, though. Texans riding a nine-game winning streak. Colts better than their 6 and 6 record suggests in my mind I think Frank Reich has been doing a pretty good or Frank Reich has been doing a pretty good job as their head coach so in this game I mean I still think that the Texans are a deserved favorite but of these 3 games I think that the Colts probably have the best chance to to knock down the Texans and in my head that's the best possible ordeal for the Patriots because Chiefs and Chargers, only one of them can get a bye week, so I would rather see the Texans lose and give the Patriots some breathing room atop the AFC. For sure, because as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, this AFC playoff picture is an absolute cluster right now. You got the Chiefs in the one seat at ten and two, and the Patriots in the two seat at nine and three. But the Texans are breathing right on their heels at nine and three as well. Pats have the head-to-head tiebreaker over them; they're the three seed. And as of right now, the Steelers are the four seed at seven, four, and one. But that could very easily change. They still have to play the Saints. The Steelers do, so that is a very tall order. And then the Chargers are nine and three at the six seed, and the Ravens are seven and five. Excuse me, Chargers nine. And three at the fifth seed and Ranger and the Ravens are seven and five is the sixth seed. This this playoff picture, Rich, it could really come down to literally the last week. There could be nothing set. There could be maybe the the teams in the playoffs are, are established by week fifteen or sixteen or seventeen. But Patriots could be fighting for their bye, for their seeding, for everything, possibly for the third seed. It's possible that the week seventeen matchup could get the Patriots either the one seed or the three seed. I think that's exactly what the NFL is hoping for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just within the AFC North, you got the Steelers, as you mentioned. They have games against the Patriots and the Saints. Ravens have games against the Chiefs and the Chargers, both on the road. So what are the odds that the Ravens are going to make the postseason? I mean, the Dolphins are right behind them. Colts, Broncos, Titans, all of those teams are 6-6. Six and six. Very well could make the postseason over either the Steelers or the Ravens. And, I mean, I think that the Chargers are close to a lock to make the, the postseason. They are... I mean, even if they lose one or three games and only win one of them, they that's like going to put them to tiebreakers against those other teams. So Chargers should be fine, but there's going to be a lot of movement. Chiefs versus Chargers, who's going to win the division? That'll definitely be notable. Patriots, Texans, Chiefs, all of them are going to have to play until that final week in order to get that bye because the Texans have the easiest schedule to finish out the season. They have Colts, Jets, Eagles and Jaguars. They should be the heavy favorites in all four. Meanwhile, the Patriots, they have their game against the Steelers and then three pretty much easier games. Chiefs have tough games against the Chargers and on the road against the Seahawks. Do you see any chance of the Patriots getting the number one seed or where do you see the most likely ending up? I think the Patriots are going to have to win out to get the two seed. Uh, I don't think they're going to catch the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose again. I really think 14-2 is where they will end up. Would love to be wrong on that one. And if the Chiefs do lose, I think the Chiefs and the Patriots will also lose one. So the Chiefs will be 13-3, the Pats will be 12-4. and four. So I think the two seeds where they'll be. The real question is, if the Chiefs do get the one seed, 
What will they do in the postseason? Will they Andy Reid their way out for an early playoff exit? It won't even matter. I don't know. I'm also very curious to see how the three, four, five, and six seeds play out because we might actually be in a year, Rich, where being the second seed works in their favor playing an easier matchup. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this the fourth seed is absolutely going to be the worst one. You'll have to play either the Chargers or the Chiefs. That is a nightmare. I would expect whichever team is the fifth seed to beat that four seed team. And as a result, you get whoever, what is it going to be, the Texans possibly as the three seed versus the six seed. Most likely, Texans are going to win. I'd rather face the Texans in the divisional round than either the Chargers or the Chiefs if I were the Patriots. And so, yeah, sure. Second seed is definitely better from that perspective from a divisional round matchup. Big picture, I don't want to have to go on the road to play the Chiefs in the postseason. I would rather the Patriots be the number one seed, say, at Gillette the entire time. I know that's like kind of a cop-out answer, but you know I'm always for getting home field advantage until you can't. Alternatively, though, I think going to play the Chargers on the road would probably be the easiest road playoff game of any possible scenario because they don't have any fans in Los Angeles. So <laughs> that uh, I'd rather see the Chargers be the one seed, Patriots two, Texans three, Steelers four, Chiefs five, and then whatever team you want to put in the sixth seed, feel free to do that. Um, but I possibly, you know whatever team could maybe upset the Texans. I don't know who could do that. Maybe the Broncos. I don't want to play the Broncos. So, I mean, I think that the Patriots should continue to go for that number one seed. Will they get it? Possibly. I mean, if they can beat the Dolphins and the Steelers on their back-to-back road games, they should be in great position because I know they need some help from either the Chargers or the Seahawks or the Ravens, but... This Chiefs team, they have shown vulnerability because they don't have a defense. If they play against a good uh, good defense themselves, Ravens and Seahawks and Chargers all have great defenses. Maybe they can limit the, the Chiefs offense, put up enough points, walk away with a victory, help out the Patriots. But getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit, let's talk about Patriots-Dolphins. This is week 14 of the NFL season. Patriots on the road against the Dolphins. Outside of just playing at Mile High Stadium, Miami has to be the worst possible place for the Patriots to play. Records be damned. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I hate this game. I hate the – it always seems to come in December too. I would love to play Miami in Miami in September when it's already still warm out and have the Dolphins have to come to the Patriots in December when it's cold. But Tom Brady is 7-9 and nine career in Miami. I think the Patriots are 1-4 and four in their last five in Miami. They were a terrible team last year led by Jay Cutler. They embarrassed the Patriots on national television, Monday Night Football. The last year they played them. This is a trap game. This happens every year. And I'd like to make the excuses like, oh, but if they win the, the game on Sunday, they win the AFC East. They're always good in hat and T-shirt games. Exact same scenario last season. We all know how that ended. This is a one of those games. I don't care what the records say. I don't care the fact that the Dolphins barely beat the Bills last week. Ryan Tannehill's going to go off. Frank Gore is going to go off. This is going to be an absolute nail-biter, and hopefully the Patriots can pull it out, but I am not optimistic. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I want the Patriots to win. When we do our game projections, I'll let you know how I actually feel, but every single sign points to the Patriots winning this one and probably winning it comfortably, but I thought that against the Tennessee Titans, and as a result, I don't have that same level of confidence. So let's look at the matchups here. When the Patriots are on offense... 
against this Miami Dolphins defense. Dolphins rank 20th in points allowed per game. They have some solid players on defense. Kiko Alonso is a quality linebacker. He does a good job. You got some talent in the secondary. Xavier Howard has been a ball hawk this year. He has seven interceptions, 12 passes defended overall. They have a fine pass rush. Cameron Wake is about 50 years old. He has four and a half sacks on the year. You got Robert Quinn, though, opposite of him, three and a half sacks. They have a solid rotation up front. They have fine defensive tackles. They got Akeem Spence, uh, Devin Godchow. They have some talent up front. Most of their their potential, though, is in the secondary, where you have Minka Fitzpatrick. They're, they got a young player there. Uh, TJ McDonald has been the other safety. Got Howard, as I mentioned. So looking at all of these players, if you are Josh McDaniels, how are you going to approach this Dolphins defense? How are you going to try and win this game? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I am Sony Michelling my way all the way to the end zone in this one. I think this is a great game to just pound it to establish the run. Really long drives. You run Michelle, you run Cordero Patterson, you run Rex Burkhead, get him more involved in the offense. You follow James Devlin, you follow your blockers, and you just run the ball and you pound it down their throat. As you mentioned, they're not great up front, very good secondary, and this is a Dolphins defense that thrives on turnovers. That's how they stay relevant in games. They can turn the ball over. They can get picks. Xavier Howard's averaging like two a game, it seems like. I don't want to see Tom Brady making a lot of tight throws into tight windows. I want to see Rob Gronkowski on the line blocking. I want to see Sony Michelle running it, and I want to see play action to high percentage passes. I think if they can do that, they'll have a really good chance of success against the Dolphins. But they start throwing it and airing it out. I just see the Dolphins being very opportunistic, taking advantage of some turnovers and giving the ball to Ryan Tannehill and Frank Gore, who's the ageless wonder, who will punch it in. So hopefully a lot of runs, a lot of stretch runs up the gut, impose their will, predictable play calling that the Dolphins just can't stop because they don't have the manpower to do it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the rankings right here. Miami Dolphins rank 27th in the league in yards allowed per rush. They rank 30th in total rushing yards allowed. They've given up almost 200 yards in like five or six out of their past games. You know, you go back week seven against the Lions, 248 rushing yards. Week eight against the Texans, 188 rushing yards. Week 10, 195 rushing yards allowed to the Packers. This past week, they defeated the Bills, but they allowed 198 rushing yards. So Patriots have had a lot of success in recent weeks. As we mentioned on our last podcast, they've been running the ball very, very well. 215 rushing yards against the Jets, 160 rushing yards against the Vikings. They have Rex Burkhead back in the lineup. Sony Michelle is running extraordinarily well this year. They have enough gadget end arounds with both Edelman and Cordero Patterson. They have the option and opportunity and skill set to run the ball. I'm with you. I don't want to have Tom Brady risk an interception. I believe I remember the last time that Tom Brady challenged Xavier Howard multiple times. Howard came down with multiple interceptions. So I don't want to see that happen. I'm sure that they'll put Xavier Howard on Josh Gordon. I don't want that matchup if I am the New England Patriots. And instead, I'm going to say, all right, who you got covering Julian Edelman? I'll go with that one. Who you have covering the running backs? I'll go to James White because I think he has a favorable matchup against Kiko Alonso or Jerome Baker, who I'd expect to cover him. This Patriots team did a great job wiping out the Dolphins last time they played 38-7. to It was a, a strong performance by the Patriots. Uh, but as you mentioned, it was Michelle. Michelle led the offense. They had some receiving production. Most of it from James White out of the backfield, but Cordero Patterson had that big, deep play as well. Uh, but it was a Philip Dorsett type of game. Josh Gordon was barely integrated in this offense. 
if I'm the Patriots, I'm saying, I'm going to run the ball again. Impose your will exactly what you said. I love that game plan. Yeah, should be good, which is actually why I'm making Rex Burkhead my offensive X factor in this game. So Michelle, I think, at 112 yards rushing the last time these guys played. They'll probably be expecting Michelle. Michelle's not quite the dual receiving and running threat that Burkhead is. Michelle's the runner, and James White's the, the pass catcher. I think Burkhead is probably the best amalgam of both of those guys. I think he offers the most versatility in a single back set. If you can audible out of it, you can you can motion him out. Uh, I think it's a much more more versatile offensive package when Burkhead's in there. So he's my X factor for this game. Oh, I like that one. I mean, I like what the Patriots are doing last week with multiple uh, running backs out of the backfield. I like that both White and Burkhead <laughs> out there. It gives them a lot of flexibility and opportunity because – they're both basically slot receivers as well, if you want them to be. So I like that. Burkhead should have a little bit more opportunity to produce in a second game back. Uh, Alec, let me know if this is a cop-out. I want to have Rob Gronkowski as my X-Factor. He's been enough of a ghost this year and enough of a question mark as a blocker this past week against the Minnesota Vikings that I think it's fair territory to say, I don't know if I can expect Rob Gronkowski to have a big game. And I don't know if he will. And that's why he should be the X factor, because if the Patriots are going to have a lot of success running the ball against the Miami Dolphins, it'll be because Rob Gronkowski played a strong part as a blocker. And that will also open up opportunities for him as a receiver, particularly because he should have some good matchups against the Miami Dolphins safeties. And so is it fair to have Gronkowski as an X factor still? I'd love to say no, it's not, but you're you're 100% right. I mean, I don't think I know a lot of friends that play fantasy. Most guys I know aren't starting him in their their league as a tight end, which is remarkable to me. He's just not the same player. He's again, like we talked about it on our Monday, our Tuesday podcast. Excuse me. He's just not a a game changing. I have to game plan for this guy kind of player. I still think he's a good blocking tight end and one of the better tight ends in the league. But he's not an all world talent anymore. I still think he has like more the, the the old saying: a couple a fighter has a couple great fights left in him. I don't think he's done and completely washed up. But I'd like to sit here and say that it's his injuries and his surgery. He's still not 100 percent recovered. I'll buy it. I'll allow it, but maybe this is the game he breaks out. I, I don't know, but I would love to see that as well, man. Yeah, no, I, I want him to have another good game too. I still am hesitant to write him off. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, we're going to keep him in bubble wrap until the postseason just because his target count seems to be way low compared to what it normally is. Uh, he's normally seeing, I don't know, what, six, seven targets a game. He's just not seeing that at all. Uh, he's on his, I believe, second or third fewest receptions per game of his career. Uh, that's just because they're not risking him as much anymore. Part of it's because he's not getting a separation, but who knows? Maybe they're keeping him safe. Uh, looking at the other side of the ball, the Miami Dolphins offense, I don't know what to think about. I mean, you got Frank Gore, who is 35 years old. He is second on the Dolphins at 716 yards from scrimmage. Number one on the team is Kenyon Drake, who has 750 yards from scrimmage, and I cannot wait for him to sign with the, the New England Patriots in the year 2020 because he's just going to be unleashed once he gets to the Patriots. Um, other than those two players, you got Danny Amendola, who is their leading wide receiver, who is dealing with a knee injury, who did not play last week. Number four, Albert Wilson has been on the injured reserve. He's played seven games and he has a hip injury. So all of this is to say that this Miami Dolphins offense is not potent. They have two running backs and then their next two most productive players are slot receivers who are hurt. 
what is going on with this Dolphins offense? Is there anything for the Patriots to fear? Yes, there is. There's tons to fear, Rich. Um, and because I think a lot of it, I can't hang it all on quarterback play, but it's been Ryan Tannehill and Brock Osweiler, very little consistency at the play caller position, the signal caller. That definitely messes with an offense. It does. You get comfortable with your quarterback. You learn his cadence and his schemes and his timing. Every quarterback's different. And Osweiler played for long enough, so maybe the Dolphins started to get comfortable with how he was running things. And then Tannehill comes in. It's almost like learning to walk all over again. And that might be a big, big factor in it, but Tannehill always seems to to play well at home against the Patriots, and I think that everything you just said makes all the sense in the world on paper, but I also feel like guys like Stills and Parker and, and Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake, they're, they're all like those players. Every team seems to have this one guy that stinks for 15 weeks and has a monster game against the Patriots. The Dolphins have like four of those guys on their team. They're just not that great, but... They light it up when they play the Patriots, and I just think that the Dolphins are are built in a lot of ways to for high percentage passes, for stretch runs, for play actions and screens, just march down the field, dink and dunk, keep Tom Brady off the field, and like at New York Jets, it kind of all goes out the window in these divisional matchups. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said is that there always seems to be one player or two that emerges. And part of that is due to the defensive scheme of the Patriots, where they say, we're going to take away the best thing that you do. And if you can beat us with your fourth or fifth option, so be it. But we'll take that risk. If you are Brian Flores and Bill Belichick, how are you matching up against this Dolphins offense? Yeah, I think I'm going to force Ryan Tannehill to throw it all the time. I think I'm going to really invite it. I think that, again, we're talking about on paper here, matchup to matchup, helmet on a helmet. The Patriots secondary is better. And the Dolphins receiving core, especially with his injuries you mentioned earlier on. I think that the front seven, especially the way they played against Minnesota on Sunday, if they mimic that game plan, that kind of mush rush, the bus stop defense, the, the blitz packages, that could cause a long day for Ryan Tannehill. But I do not want to let Frank Gore get going. I do not want to let the rushing game get going. I don't want to let Kenyon Drake get going. I don't want any of that to become a, a rhythm or momentum. I want to keep Ryan Tannehill running the ball with his legs. If he has to, I want him throwing the ball. I want him, he want him pressured. I want him running all day. I do not want them running at all. I'm making Kyle Van Noy my defensive X factor. I love what Kyle Van Noy brings to the table this year. He's been great against the, the Vikings last week. He was so good at not only spying uh, Kirk Cousins and, and, and um, the cook, cook out of the backfield, but on the blitzes, the delayed blitzes, the stunt, the edge, the setting the edge, he was so good on that. So I'm really relying on him on this game against the, the Miami Dolphins to make sure that run game is completely stagnant. They have to go one-dimensional where the secondary can feast. Oh, I love that. I mean, I think that's exactly what they have to do. I'm, like, really vibing with what you're saying about how the Patriots should play this Dolphins team because I'm with you 100% of the way. You, you look at this Dolphins offense, who are their wide receivers? You got Kenny Stills, who is your speed guy. You got Devontae Parker, who's your big outside receiver. And then you get Danny Amendola in the slot if he's healthy enough to play. And if not, he'll be limited anyways. And so you got those three receivers. If I'm the Patriots, I say, okay, Stephon Gilmore, you get Devontae Parker on an island. I'm going to put Jason McCourty against Kenny Stills with Devin McCourty over the top. I love that matchup that they used against Adam Thalen. I think they should do it again, particularly because Stills can move inside and outside. And so Patriots should continue to use that bracket coverage. 
And then if you get Danny Amendola out there, I would say Jonathan Jones should get the nod over J.C. Jackson just because of his skill set. Alternatively, you could keep Jason McCourty in the slot against Amendola and put Jonathan Jones on the outside against Stills. And so that's why I like that. It gives you a little bit more flexibility with how you want to cover. You can drop into zone and feel comfortable versus man. Patriots should win every single matchup within the secondary. And I, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm hesitant to be super, super confident in it because that's what I thought when they were playing against the Titans and Corey Davis just feasted on the Patriots. But I will stick with it. The Patriots should have those matchups in the secondary. And so if you can stop Kenyon Drake, if you can stop Frank Gore, basically if you can stop this Miami Dolphins backfield, where these two running backs have combined for almost, what, 1,500 yards from scrimmage this year. That's pretty much like over like 35% of the Dolphins' entire offense, and almost 40%. If that is what you can do, you will win this game. And so you say Kyle Van Noy is your X factor. Mine's going to be Trey Flowers. Because Trey Flowers, and this is like another cop-out a little bit too. I know I said it was Rob Gronkowski fine. Trey Flowers has lived up to his expectations. He's surpassed it. He is the number one defensive end, or sorry, he's the number two defensive end, according to uh, Pro Football Focus this entire year. He's done an exceptional job against both the run and the pass. He controls the point. He is the pivot for the entire Patriots defensive front. He should get the job done. He should be a big reason why Drake and Gore aren't able to produce. If for whatever reason he's not succeeding, then that'll open the door for the Dolphins. And so if Flowers has this typically good day, I think the Patriots are going to win. Should get the job done, should make all those things happen, but the question is, will they? It is time to get to predictions. The last game, let's see, we both had the Patriots winning. I had them winning 27-20. You had them winning 30-24. We both kind of overshot the offensive production on both sides. I guess I was a little bit closer, so I will take this one reluctantly. I don't think I deserve it, but what can you do? Uh, Patriots Miami. I said earlier I'm not optimistic because it's my, at Miami and the Patriots don't play well there and Brady's 79 career, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to lose this game. They are a much better team than the Dolphins are. I think the Dolphins are a real – they shouldn't have They shouldn't have beaten the Bills. They got lucky on a Clay uh, Charles Clay drop. I don't think the Patriots win this game – lose this game, excuse me. They should win this one pretty handily. I think 28-17 is reasonable for this one. Maybe closer than it needs to be. The Patriots need to play games close into the third quarter and then turn it on late in the fourth quarter. So let's say 17-17, and then they just open it up. Oh, I love it, Ben. I feel like I'm just piggybacking on top of everything you're saying this entire time. (laughs) I mean, I think that this Dolphins offense is not productive. They don't do a great job. Sure, the Dolphins have had a lot of success at home. you got to think of it this way. They are 5-1 at home which is definitely notable. They're one and five on the road. So this is not an easy team to beat at home, but they're also not the most productive. They used most of their offensive production in the first few home games. Their past three home games, they've scored 21, 13, and 21. That is not great. And so 17 is right on target for what I think that the Dolphins will be able to put up. And if I'm the Patriots, I mean, they've, put up so many yards in the past couple of weeks they haven't been able to punch it into the end zone i expect that streak to end i expect the patriots to have more success uh scoring and being in the end zone this week against the dolphins so my final score is going to be 34 17 patriots 
Ooh, I like that. It's much more comfortable than mine. I hope that is the case. I always like when the Patriots win by a lot. It makes it much, much more relaxing afternoon. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll have more preview and reporting from this game at patspulpit.com. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week 14 of the NFL season? Hopefully the next time you and I talk, Rich, it will be as AFC East champions. Oh, absolutely. That will be lovely to hear. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later, man. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.